Whatever. I was gonna wait for you to do it so I can interrupt you. I don't do it at the beginning. Do you even listen to this podcast? Yeah, I always want to interrupt you. Rude. Okay, well, <laughs> welcome to the Depod. This is episode 7, the 13th year. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm your host, Mary. And we're at another one Mary's scene. Exciting. Which means her predictions will not be terribly, terribly inaccurate. Well, it's like I do less predictions and more just like vague remembrances. Sure, do you have a 13th year story? Not like a story, but like I've seen it. I remember thinking it was kind of weird. Okay, I'll tell you what I know since that's sort of what we're leading to. Okay. Um, so it's about a boy. Do you know his name? No. Okay. So I'm it was, guess I think like it was Ethan or like I think Scott. I believe it's Cody. Oh, I was not even close. I was just like, what are boy names? That just like spoke to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but he, it turns out he is a merman. Okay. Wow. And he found this out when he was 13. That's a, that's a key the 13th year. year. Um, because it's all a metaphor for like puberty, I think. I don't actually remember that, but like, I feel like that'd be true. I mean, as I've spoken about before, DCOMs are very into the idea of being 13 and how it's a yeah. very important year in your life. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you turn a teenager, like, officially. Yes. <laughs> That's why, like, society considers it, like, kind of important. We live I, in a society. We do live in a society. I, yes, I assume when I was 13, turning 13 felt very important. Uh, yeah. well, as an adult, I, the distinction between a 12 and 13-year-old is very minimal. They're all children. Well, someone who's still in that range, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the difference between, like, 14 and 15 in terms of, like, how people see you, I feel somewhat different. Or at least it felt like that for me. 16's a big one because people, like, start driving and acting like they're independent. Obviously, 18's, like, a big... Like, people I've known since, like, kindergarten, they're like, yeah, I, like, drove to the grocery store. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. I, like, I literally can't picture them. I thought when you said, okay, you were going to be like, okay, boomer. Because, <laughs> like, they're old now. They can drive. No, I'm, like, older than them. I can't get my license till March because of stuff I'm not going to get into. Um, but, like, bull. Why is the government the way it is? Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to get into it. But, like, <laughs> but, like, people I've known are just like, yeah, no, I, like, drove to the grocery store. And it's weird, because I'm like, I can't imagine, like, this person, like, the people, like, mm-hmm. getting in a car and just driving, like, by themselves. It's, like, disgusting. Okay. Like, to me. Yeah, when I was your age, I not only drove to school every day, but then I drove to soccer practice on a different part of town, and then would, like, drive back home. And, like, also, if I had to go get things, I would go to the store or go to the gas station. Okay. I was just, like, an like... independent, functioning human being. Uh, driving's scary to me. I'm like, what if I just, like, turn wrong and die? You do have a lot of death fears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is all about the 13th year. Which I don't think is a film about fear Here's and death. The thing but about it is a film driving. about getting older. Um, you have always been adults to me. I was there when you graduated from, um, high school. And you had a beard at that point, And you were already, like, six foot something. So you've just sure. always been an adult to me. Like, even when you weren't. Like, I thought you were, like, 24 for just, like, years before and after. Sure. I did, I aged rapidly for a little bit there, and then aged backwards for a while. So I just yeah. stayed in my young well, like, 20s. you lost weight, so. Yeah. I was always, like, taking better care of myself in many yeah. ways. Like, okay. 
<laughs> with your face. That's true, though. It's no, like, right. that's, that sounds like an insult, but I mean it. My anyway. face, my hair, all the things. Yeah, and, I and you, like, brushed your hair. Except it was kind of a glow down, because I got smaller. Anyways, we're moving past it. So you change as you age. Yes. Like, like in your 13th year, a some people become a mermaid. I'm well, pretty some sure that he, like Emma on HBO Just Said Water, is a swimmer. That was like what he did, like hobby-wise, that's his big thing. Right. Which is obviously inconvenient when you're a merman or mermaid. Or maybe it's very convenient, because you're way better than everybody else. But like, the tail, I feel, I feel like you get disqualified, because it's like, hello? There's no rule in the rule book that says you can't be a mermaid on the swim team. I hope they say that in the movie. But no, he like wants to keep a secret. Um, but I remember there's, like, one scene where, like, he's swimming and, like, he's becoming a mermaid. And I think there's a girl he likes there. And it's, like, sure. at a competition. And it's all very dramatic. So I remember that. I remember there being, like, water fountains major. <laughs> yes, I also remember a great deal of water fountains. And yes, there... apparently Kristen Stewart's out, like, one of them. He, like, bumps into her at once. But, okay. like, she's uncredited. She's just, we'll keep like, an eye out for that. <laughs> Kristen Stewart was... 2019. Yeah. Um, do I remember anything else? Oh, I definitely, I think I remember the end, but, like, I'm not sure. I feel like he just, like, goes to the ocean, I think, to see, like, his real parents or something. But okay. he, just, he leaves his family and his, like, girl crush. And I remember being, like, this is so weird. Maybe that's the right decision for him. I don't remember this film that well, so maybe. But I just remember thinking that it was really weird as a kid. He just, like, left. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go join your Mer family. You're looking at me like I made a joke there, but I was that was just a serious comment. Yeah, I was Maybe like, I look at you, I'm like, does he want me to laugh? No, it's just sometimes you're in one part of your life, and then you find out I'm a different part of your life, and you need to explore that too. And he's if he it turns look out he's the Irish tees. That's I right. Mean, this is kind of like the luck of the Irish I care less about in the sense it's about like a kid finding out about their secret heritage of magical folklore. Okay. Um, but I have a more personal connection to Luck of the Irish. Sure. Because we're Irish. It's I'm not really. Irish descended, sure. Irish heritage. And whenever I say like we're Irish, you're like, we're not though. And I'm like, yeah, obviously we're There not are people who Ireland. are Irish. Th- those people exist. They're real people. They live in yeah. Ireland. When you say you're Irish, that implies you are from Ireland. Well, That's like, what it literally like, means. If people are talking about to you or me, it's like, what's like your heritage? Like, that's different. You can say, and that's why you say, I have an Irish heritage when you're talking about it in a general conversation. Blah, blah, blah. We. I have really like potatoes. You've never been to Ireland. Your parents weren't born in Ireland. Your, were your grandparents they born went in Ireland? To Ireland without no, us? they did go to Ireland without us. Actually, that was a good decision because that first, the Kitty Cat Detective show. That's like too deep for this part of the podcast. Okay, let's not get into that. But we're yes. just talking. But that was like the original podcast we had. It's not. What do you remember besides Water Fountains? I remember a lot of this film. Uh, yeah, it's about Cody um, and his friend, who I think is named Jess. That's like his kind of like nerdy buddy. You know, Decom's have uh, a nerdy buddy. I thought that was a girl. Oh, it's Jess the girl? No, I just heard the name Jess and I assumed it was short for Jessica. Oh. But I guess Jess can be a boy's name, like, on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Uh, I think the girl's name is Sam. So like. Now that you mention it, those could be backwards. That would be weird. We'll find out in the afterpod. Uh, I thought the girl's name was Sam, though. I, Anyways, I don't know. I there's remember. a lot of interest. Uh, yeah, I also remember a lot of water fountains. I can't remember if this is one of those films that opens up just telling us 
he's a mermaid who's oh, left there by his mom or something like, during a storm. His mom left him, like, they do that Moses superhero thing again. <laughs> like, yeah. second year. All of these, all these decons are about, uh, like, weird identity. adoptions. <laughs> well, oh. they're actually about identity. They are kind of about identity and friendship. Yeah. And the family. You choose. <laughs> and the family you don't choose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could see I mean, being one of those, and then it, like, it has the baby, and it, like, zooms in on it, and, like, it cuts to, like, him, like, asleep, and then his mom, his, like, adopted mom's like, Cody, get up! Or he's asleep in class. That's a classic bit. Okay. Is there anything else you remember about the Pippin Deer? I mean, I remember liking it. I remember there were, like, some, like, I think he has, I mean, besides turning into a mermaid, I think he has superpowers of some kind, like, fish powers. I think he like, manipulate water. Um, what is fish power could there be? Like breathing underwater? Well, yeah, I think he can like do things yeah. that fish can do. So we'll get, we'll see. But I seem to remember yeah. there were some things that were like. Also, this dude's not just a mermaid, but he's like literally magic. Cool. Also, I remember it like ended at like a swimming competition. Like not the end end where he leaves everyone, but like <laughs> the end end. That does sound like, right that's to me like though. Like I agree with you. There, I do believe the he climax is everyone. like him swimming in a competition. I okay. feel like I remember that. But I feel like this might be a movie that, like, I don't remember that well outside, but, like, as I'm watching it, I might remember, like, a scene, and I'm like, oh, wait, I remember that. Um, not in the same way as Halloween Town, where I, like, remember literally every scene, but just in the sense of, like, a general remembrance, you know? Sure. Yeah, I also remember, I liked 13 Year. Yeah, um, I remember liking it. I know you were saying, on a, maybe just in a casual conversation, you're like, not expecting it to be, like, reach the heights of, say, a Halloween Town or Brink. Well, maybe reaching your brink status. Yeah, like what what I think I'm gonna give it out of ten is like like a seven point five ish. Like I think okay. I like it enough, but like I don't know. I don't think it's it wasn't one of my faves when I first watched it. It wasn't like like a princess protection program for me. But I remember thinking it was like fun and I love mermaid media. So this is like mermaid media which is like different. But not, like not really. I mean not that different. It's literally the same thing, but there's just less of it, and it's out boy. Sure. I expect I'll give it, like, a 8 out of 10 in that range. You know, I like the film. Maybe it'll be more if I'm into the mermaid fish stuff they do. Right. Maybe that'll be a downer. I don't trust DCOM so far with, uh, like, special powers. Supernatural effects? Well, that... To be honest, also... actually, none of that really will actually affect my ranking. Like, how much I rank this film will be almost entirely based on how much I like the kids' interactions. Because that's what I'm here for, as we yeah. discussed on previous speedruns. Also, I don't remember the villain of this at all. I feel like there might be a bully, but I'm like, is there, like, an evil mermaid guy? I feel like there might be. I, like, I don't remember. Just off the top, you would kind of assume that any mermaid plot is basically someone's trying to reveal them. That's usually how that goes. Yeah. But we're going to get into this on the second half of the podcast, because I have a fundamental question about mermaid media, which is, when people find out they're mermaids, why are they always trying to hide it? I'm interested to see how this movie will deal with that. I'm going to, you know, I ask know. you how you would feel about that. Because I know you're a mermaid aficionado. So that's a little tease <laughs> for our after discussion. Well, especially like a few years ago, I was so into like everything mermaid. I was literally thinking about these mermaid books I read. Which, which is about a girl who finds out she's a mermaid because her dad is like... Um, but we don't have to get into that right now. She like, okay. lives on a boat and she like, tries out for the swim team and she like turns into, starts turning into a mermaid and she's like... What was this? That is an awkward thing to have happen in front of everyone. It didn't happen. Well, some people thought she was freaking out and then, like, had an asthma attack or something, so they pulled her out of the water completely because she's already, like, freaking out. Oh, yes. Well, also, if you get into this movie's mermaid fiction, 
Because how mermaids work ranges. Like sometimes like <laughs> if you touch water you turn mermaid. Or yeah. sometimes it's just there's various rules. Yeah, obviously this one you can walk on land because he did. Just <laughs> <laughs> some mermaid things have like the people mermaids and then they have some that are just like more fishy and I always hate when they have the fishy ones because they're always ugly. Wow. No offense. Speaking of fishy people and what they look like, on every episode we discuss uh, right, the movie poster. poster yes. Mary's secret favorite segment. It's my actual favorite segment. It's not secret. I said it's that true. last time. I think time. you talked like, about it on the uh, You've seen this film, so this will not be a shocking reaction. But if you again are at home and as long as you're not driving or somewhere where you can't pull out your phone, can I say something really quickly? Of course. You if can. I didn't, if I hadn't seen this film, I would have not guessed who the Murray film based off the. The title does not give that away. It really the poster doesn't. does. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I hate that his two legs are like scaly. That's so gross. Well, he's a mermaid. I know, but mermaid. I don't like seeing the two separate legs like separated and then his feet being the tail part. I think it's the implication really here is this is like mid transition. No, I know, but I like seeing it too. And yes, we do establish. Uh, Look we at see our... it. He's like, oh, I am cool. This cover really does a lot. It says the 13th year. It says Cody's not just growing up, he's growing thins. <laughs> his name's Cody. It confirms his name's Cody. He's also wearing a swim team shirt. Yeah, he's on a boat. We've been on a boat. Yes, we've been on a boat. I don't know. <laughs> You're so strange. <laughs> Most of the time, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, um, but he's like doing a lean back. Like, oh yes, Cody's very chill. Yeah, he's chill. He's like turning into a merman, but he's all chill about it, which is like, not how I remember it in the film. Like many 13-year-olds, he thinks he's cool. Um, but yeah. Alright, well, we are about to go watch the 13th year. It is available for streaming on Disney Plus, and we will be back with our thoughts after this. Yeah. We out. We out. <laughs> You need to talk for a bit. Oh, okay. So you know K-pop? I do know K-pop. So you know how we like two K-pop bands? I like at least two K-pop bands, yes. Yes. Well, I've been listening to this one by Twice, who I'm sure you heard of. It's a bop. I'll send it to you. Cool. We back. We back! What a movie! Well, well, well. That was great. Far exceeded expectations. That was that was incredible. Uh, I mean, I thought I was going to like that film, but I loved that film. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> let's go. Let's start. Big picture. What is like your favorite thing that happened in this film, or like from this film? Uh, I thought it was so funny. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably the the best, the most consistently best part of the comedy is Jess. Oh, definitely. He was literally like. Hilarious. He's dropping gems. Self-aware king. <laughs> yes, it's self-deprecating uh, or just, he's so funny. Yeah. The performance is great, the lines are great, the writing is great. The actor had really good comedic timing, like, even when he was really, like, he was yes. pretty young here, obviously, and, like, he was, like, consistently, like, doing, like, really funny stuff. Yes. He, when his, like, genuinely. When the lines were understated, he was perfectly understated. When something needed to be deadpan, it was deadpan. When something needed to be up a notch and, and whiny and overdone it was whiny and overdone it was yeah like there's this one thing where like 
Cody, our main, and the villain boy, whose name I actually don't remember. Uh, Sean? Yeah, it sounds that right enough. Um, well, James not like just his dad villain. Yeah. The other villain. <laughs> and Jess is like, hey, I'm the one who's supposed to get beat up around here. <laughs> yes, yes. It was incredible. Literally, Oscar when? Like, literally. My Probably my favorite Jess joke was either... I was talking about the understatement earlier when he uh, said, you might have noticed I can't swim. <laughs> literally, a week after that, he literally saved him in a pool while he shouted, I can't swim. I can't swim! I can't swim! Or, alternatively, immediately after that, when he goes on the, nerds don't have friends, we have hobbies, with a rant. <laughs> I, delightful character. Yeah. <laughs> and him and Cody had a great vibe. Oh, there's a really good line where, like, he's bringing Cody to his house, like, to show me, like... Cody's like, you live here? And he's like, no, this is our summer home. <laughs> yes. Literally an icon. Like, he just said, we could just quote all of his lines from this film because we enjoyed basically every one of them. Yeah. A lot of my notes are just like, why is this film so funny? Because I wasn't expecting it to be funny. Well, I expected it to, like, try and be funny and, like, try and be comedic, but it's, like, genuinely funny. Even in movies we liked, like Brink, that line was clearly supposed to be funny, and we'd be like, but it wasn't, though. <laughs> all the soul skater sidekick pieces. <laughs> right, all their, like, Sick burns that weren't sick Gabriella, burns. Gabriella, sweetie. <laughs> Meanwhile, in this film, like, every joke or laugh line, like, totally landed. Yeah. And Cody was pretty funny, too, in a less intentional sense. Yes, Cody had this great, like, just, like, middle school boy vibe, which is what he was playing, so it's perfect. But, like, just kind of this very... I mean, he did have funny lines, like that Jess line where Jess is like, Oh, no, if you come over to my house, like, my dad's really weird. And he's just like... Everybody's parents are weird, Jess, and just swirls away with all the confidence of a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> but he just gives line deliveries. Like, when his parents yes. are telling him about his, his adoptive parents are telling him about how they found him, he's like, they cut to him, so you were in the middle <laughs> of the ocean, someone just put me on the back of your boat? And it's like he delivers. He is acting. His lines, so many of his lines are crazy. Like, we were saying we like the writing of this movie for Jess's lines. Cody's lines are kind of... They feel like, I feel like if I said them, they would just be bad. But something about his, like, kind of Sincerity. monotone, sincere delivery is perfect. Yeah. There's another really good one when him and Sam, his, like, love interest, are trying to make up. And he's like, this isn't something I expected in the most sincere, deadpan <laughs> yes. way about becoming a mermaid. Yes. <laughs> like, we yes. paused at that point to, like, catch up with our notes. And we just, like, were laughing. We laughed. And then we laughed even harder when we, like, thought about it a little more. Where it's like, yeah. I don't think you were expecting <laughs> he's that. Like, he's just sincerely like, this isn't something I expected. <laughs> You're like, no, no one would expect yeah, that. Yeah, fair oh. enough. I, just, I yeah. don't think that was her problem with the situation. Uh, and, and that's who he was talking to Sam. I thought Sam was also great. Uh, yes, another icon. I mean, we stand a queen. Uh, she, she had one mission, which was get Cody. <laughs> And she continually got him. She was mission-focused. We, we can jump into we her. We knew she was a legend in her first real scene, where at Cody's birthday party, his 13th birthday party, she, like, gets him a special present. He's like, oh, what is it? And it's a picture of her. <laughs> but literally, she gave herself as a present. Like, what right. kind of queen? But then, and then, so the thing is that she wants him to kiss her. He does, and then there's, like, a little shock because he turned into a mermaid, and he has electricity powers, which is not really gone into, but, like, a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of weird. We'll get to that. And then he's like, oh, but we could do it again. And then she's like, maybe next year, and YOLO's out. <laughs> like an icon. 
I just also a lot of her clothes were really cute. I wear like a lot of her. Work. Yes, uh, uh, 1999 fashion icon. Also love her hair. That's like the hair I want, except it's like blonde. Okay, yeah. Because her bangs are so good consistently through the film. I, I hate my bangs right now. They're like all cut badly. I, but we're not getting into my personal insecurities yet on this podcast. I mean, I will say on like this whole note of her, like I did remember watching this film, nine-year-old me had a huge crush on her. She's very pretty. Like the film wanted you to. I was noting in one scene how they, during Cody's big race, they kept cutting to Sam clapping. They did cut a lot. You kept, every time they cut to it, you're like, why do they keep showing her clapping? One of the things that came to me while we were watching this film was I remembered Sam clapping while he w- he was swimming from my nine-year-old brain. Crushes are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember, like, whatever. The point here is she was delightful and charming. Yeah. And, like, I saw all the things that nine-year-olds me saw of her. Yeah, she was very pretty. Sure. Nice hair. Like, n- nine-year-old me agrees with me. Current me just is like, yeah, that's a cute child. Well, yeah, honestly, you can't agree. That'd be weird. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta... I thought that villain, like, the asshole villain was going to oh, have way more of an impact. Okay, yeah, we haven't done, like, a plot summary, but I just have to say, his, basically, his second-to-last scene is him finding out at the race that Cody is, seems to be have something weird going yeah. on, like, as a mermaid. He follows him in the locker room, vowing to find out what's wrong with him. Kind of awkwardly. Then, the next day, they kind of get into a fight, but it seems more Sam-based than actually them-based, and kind of about, like, oh, him beating him. They get into a slight tough, and then we never see that character again. That plot is completely unresolved. They're like, no, this guy doesn't matter. Yeah. And he, he was monologuing. <laughs> yeah, Sean was he, monologuing. Like, he runs and is like, I don't know what you're doing. Dope speak. He literally mentions steroids. Oh, yeah, before the fight? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, at, during the monologue, he's like, I don't know how you just beat me with, like, steroids or, like, speed or whatever. And, like, but he, like, keeps monologuing about how he's going to find out and he's going to beat him. And he's a freak. And then he just, like, kind of awkwardly, like, walks off <laughs> after his big speech. Because he clearly has no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, he's completely in over his head and he's a 13-year-old boy. Like, I don't know what resources he has to, whatever you're doing, I'm going to find out. It's like, you're a child? <laughs> Well, Again, this is another decom with whenever you remember that these are all children. It's incredible. So, you know who knew they were all children? Jess did when he said the iconic line, Sure, I'm still a kid, but I'm still a pretty brilliant guy. Because Jess has incredible swag. Yeah. He's very confident in unself-confidence. I don't know how to phrase it. But no, that's exactly right. Yeah. He knows exactly who he is, and he owns it. And that thing allegedly is being a, a loser. But he's... I mean, let's be clear. Like Jess is probably actually like... He's actually very cool. Yeah. Like, he's hilarious and charming. Plays the tuba. He does. He's, he's musically gifted. The, I as think well he only plays the tuba just so he could drown with the tuba. That's, that's... The scene where I knew this film was going to go from good to great was a scene with Jess, no surprise. But was a scene with another character who I wasn't completely sold on. This so, was? Okay. Give it to me. So I'm we ready. knew Jess as a loser and person who could swim, played the right. tuba, had glasses. What a loser. Yes. He comes home okay. to none other but the crazy mermaid man. <laughs> yes. And I love that's that. That's his, his dad. dad. I love that. Yes. Because I was like, I literally turned to Matthew. I was like, is this his dad? And you're like, oh, I hope it is. Like, it all just circles in so neatly. Okay. I love, like, TV shows and movies where the cast is of, like, eight people. <laughs> yes. This is this is a very tight, like, don't just have some random villain. Have the random villain be the new friend's dad. Let's talk about this mermaid man. I feel we hyped uh, him up. Oh, oh, oh. Let's actually run through the plot real quick. 
What? There were waterfowl in high digs. We were right. Actually, only like two, but very memorable. Yes, they were as present as I remember it, but there was less of them. They were just fully emphasized. The movie's like, water fountains. Think about it. <laughs> I realized while watching this film, I did not remember this film. Like, even the vague picture I had, which I didn't really say because it was so vague, I'm like, it was totally off. <laughs> I had a pretty good grasp on this film, actually, in, in hindsight. But you did remember the last scene. We'll I get feel to like it. I actually, I may have confused... The things I remembered that I didn't mention, I confused with a different decom, but... Sure. I'm not sure. Like, I think I confused it with Luck of the Irish a bit. Okay. Well, decoms have similar energies. Yeah. So let's run through the plot real quick. So we start... Oh, probably with the worst scene in the film. Uh, decoms apparently have bad openings in this <laughs> era of decoms. It did not give you the taste of greatness you're about to behold. Uh, in the opening, basically, uh, Cody's a baby with his mermaid mom. There's a weird dude on a boat. Uh, <laughs> this is, turns out to be Jess's dad. He just has a very weird energy. He has a weird energy in general. and it's it works very odd. It works better when there's other characters reacting to it, because they all think he's weird. Yeah. At the start of the it's movie. It's like, he's like the dad from Independence Day. Sure. The Absolutely. crazy one. I remember when I watched Independence Day for the first time, you're like, ugh, this guy. <laughs> He kind of grows on you, though. You're like, ugh, the worst subplot in this film. I mean, yes, every time it does cut back to him, you do kind of go like, oof. But... <laughs> but I like, mean, similar energies. Except, instead of aliens, he really believes in mermaids, which is infinitely funnier. I mean, I think I would go as far as to say this this writing and performance of this role was directly influenced by that guy. Oh, almost certainly. Because, like, this movie came out, like, three years after Independence Day was, like, the biggest film I mean, in the world. I mean, it's like, like, they had that scene where those two guys are harassing him and being yes. like, oh, what am I, gonna catch a mermaid? And their insults are really bad because no one yes. really believes in mermaids like they But they even aliens. bring up bringing in, yes, they even bring up believing in aliens. And that's very explicitly, like, the scene where the two guys at the diner harass the dad in Independence Day. Yeah. Like, that was actually the scene where I'm like, oh, they're just, they're... It's just the plot. They're not just, like, liberating this... Except he's not drunk. They're not just... Using... <laughs> that is true. He's just crazy anyways. Uh, but that was the scene where it went from they're not just kind of liberally borrowing from that character, they're actually referencing that character, I think. Yeah, it's not just, like, a similar character. He even kind of looks like him, like... Yeah, there's... Parallel there's a lot of vibes. Okay. Uh, he's, like... He's chasing after this weird... He thinks it's a huge fish, it's a mermaid. Eventually he sees it's a mermaid. I don't know that happens. <laughs> the mom... Okay, we have a lot of problems with Cody's mom. This is, like, the... Our big problem. It's the, both the flaw of the movie, and also, I just mean literally her decision-making. I'm not going to talk about plot holes in DCOMs. I'm not that guy. Yeah. But, like, why she was just like, oh, there's this boat chasing me. I'm just going to drop this baby off in this random <laughs> boat and then swim away. Then I'm shocked when that boat, like, moves. Went to shore. And it's unclear whether she was, like, intentionally depositing her baby with humans. But I she didn't seem to, like, so. choose carefully. And then she was sad about it. I think she's really just hiding him in some random bucket she found, and then... But she could have gone up to the parents and tried to get him back, and she didn't. Yeah, but she, I think, was supposed to be sad when that was happening. Like, she was trying to be sad. Like, I think tears were supposed to be there. No, right, but I'm saying, don't be sad, just get your kid back. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so I, I kind of think at I this think point... I think maybe if the mom had the ability to speak, we may have gotten more insight in her kid. That would have helped. Just because... I... I do think after watching the whole film, I think she intentionally gave her kid to humans for 13 years. Yeah. It just didn't feel like that at first. It's, like, yes. really weird. And she certainly gave her baby to humans without checking who was on that boat. <laughs> Rough. And it turns out, <laughs> a comrade. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Cody's Vegan adopted. comrade anti-vaxxer queen. Uh, I have some questions about Cody's adopted mom's belief in general. 
In general, I'm into her vibe. She's very likable, but also maybe an anti-vaxxer. Maybe an anti-vaxxer, which we're not okay with. Uh, I don't know how our listeners feel, but vaccines are good science. We believe in science on this podcast. Okay, so, yes, but then Cody is with his new parents, and we kind of, we flash forward 13 years. We know this because there's a script on the screen that says 13 13 years later. The font was very coming-of-age filmy-esque. It was very, we're making this film in 1990. But it was 1999. <laughs> I mean, title font's actually... We kind of talk about title font on this podcast a couple times now. And it's like, it's actually kind of important because it sets the vibe of your film. It really does. And like, if you just change that title font, I feel like this film could feel like it came out more recently. Except for the fact that like, the kids don't have cell phones. Yeah, but some of the modern films try not having have cell phones to make it feel less right. ageable. But like, otherwise this felt like a... Like, once we got into the stuff with the kids and stuff, it felt like a pretty modern film. I mean, I guess you could question the CGI or whatever, but... A lot of made-for-TV movies have questionable CGI. Yeah, it's just, like, like, the camera quality is, like, kind of weird, like, in a sense, it's kind of fuzzy compared to, like, modern stuff. Well, I feel like with with the water stuff, definitely. I felt like the stuff when they were in school was actually fairly... I can't remember exactly what it was, but I felt it was, like, it was clearly not modern, but... I'm just saying, the thing that dated this film is, like, the intro sequence and the, the, the font scripting and the title lettering and stuff. Yeah. And the music a little bit. (laughs) The music... (laughs) Uh, we'll get to the, we have a music thought. Uh, we're gonna say that one for the edge, just like the yeah. film did. <laughs> okay, continue with the plot. Right, so the plot, the quick plot that we got nowhere on. So, yes, Cody is about to turn 13. He's a member of the swim team. He has a girlfriend named Sam. Uh, he has a rival named Sean. Who he's, like, friends with? <laughs> yes, they, they have, like, a frenemies thing going on. Uh, but they're sports competitors, but teammates, and they kind of, like, Sean's a huge jerk. So, like, sometimes... Cody goes along with making fun of people with him. Cody's also, like, not a great student. He gets paired up with Jess for a project. Uh, Jess is a nerd. Cody turns 13, and weird things start to happen. He can... He basically starts developing superpowers because he's also turning into a mermaid. (laughs) Jess and Cody basically start investigating this. There's a long variety of really great scenes of Cody finding out his powers and him and Jess investigating this and interacting with various characters. There's a montage, and it's the best. There's literally... There's a shot that's... Like, so cinematic. The cinematography for this movie was, like, pretty... I... Yeah, they went for it in some places. Yeah, and some things are like, you know what, we're going to have a shot. Yeah, they're like, we're going to do a cool thing with the light here, or we're going to have a transition. Yeah. Uh, Cody eventually is, like, also communicating while he's, like, having these interactions with Jess. He's communicating with his parents about it. His adopted parents, of course. He's also getting weird fish dreams from being sent from his mom, who's, like, summoning him back to the sea. They use that lantern shot a lot <laughs> all the mom scenes are Dorsey. we're not really here for it also cody's becoming a better swimmer now but he everybody doesn't want him to go into water because he keeps he, turning into a mermaid, mermaid. <laughs> it keeps him out and they're trying to keep the secret and i we talked about this in the intro i was like why are people always trying to keep the mermaid thing secret at least here they justify it with the mom she thinks the government's going to steal her baby away and she doesn't want that yeah so that's, that's why, the thing they always go for in sure. these sorts of things and also because there's creepy old men who happen to be your best friend's dad, your new best friend's dad, who are trying to kidnap your mom. Whatever. <laughs> Cody decides to swim anyways. Goes to the big swim meet. King. Sets a state record. Electrocutes everything to cause a fire to escape yeah. without being seen. Gets monologued at by Sean. Runs home. Everybody's freaked out. Sam passes out. Leaves for a bit. Her and him have some little minor drums. Eventually they get back together. And then... Our climactic plot happens, which involves Jess's dad trying to kidnap 
Cody's mom, who Cody's trying to go back with. This was almost results in Jess dying. It's real. Moby, Unpension filled. It's but it's but it's real like the Moby dad's Dick. yeah Moby Dick. The dad's dream is almost killing his son, which is actually the thing he should care about. Yeah, it's like his um white whale. It like literally is getting his son killed. But Jess can swim, King. Yes, Jess, who started the movie not being able to swim, hence Cody needing to save him. I can't swim. Then was able to save Cody's mom, the mermaid, from Annette because she's not smart. <laughs> Those are two things he actually says. That is true. Uh, but then he gets caught in his dad's net that was meant to capture the mermaid. Cody saves him again. And then also saves him by... Uh, what's the word? When you uh, electrocute someone to bring them back to life. Uh, wait, wait. He... Defibrillates. So Cody then defibrillates Jess. Bringing him back to life. Yes. In a real scene. And I realized I actually remember this scene. Like I remember this scene. But, like, nothing else, really. And you remember that Cody left. And that's how it ends. Cody yeah. leaves with the mermom because... But they actually do establish... He's leaving with her because she can help him with his changes and his new stuff. And then, thanks due to a psychic mom-to-mom telepath link that included both the broad strokes that she loves and cares about him and the details, he'll be back before the end of summer. He's going to go off with mermom, learn to be a mer- I want to know what person. said to him. I hope those are actually the only two things. <laughs> that's right. Like, I love him. He'll be back by summer. He was like, I love and care about him. I'm going to help him. Also, here are some details. I I can't... I feel like the thing with the mom is, like, literally in the scene where she's telling this other mom to trust her with her baby, she doesn't talk. She just, like, stares intently. And I feel it's a real character-defining thing. That's all the robot does. <laughs> and uh, Cody's adopted mom is adaptable. It's like, oh, we're just not talking. We're just staring meaningfully. I will do that, too. Literally, comrade, anti-vax, vegan queen. I actually thought it was a very sweet scene of, like, it, it was, was, like, kind of this... The mom seemed genuinely, like, very sad in, like, a real effect, like, a real and effective way. The adopted mom? Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> the real mom. Um, she, like, she's, like, actually crying. She's so sad. Yeah. The dad cannot muster, but all he can muster is, like, a shoulder. Sorry. All he can muster is a hand on the shoulder. It's like, see you soon, pal. And that's like it while the mom is like holding back yes. tears. But that is very funny. That's but he that's it. He has real like, well, enjoy your summer trip, son. <laughs> that's all he's got. His son's going away to be a mermaid in the water for like two months, and like that's all you have. It felt kind of almost. I wouldn't say out character because I don't feel the dad had that much character to be out of. But like he was there for it throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, he was pretty supportive and like emotionally yeah, available. He like looks at his hands while everyone else is. That was clearly a directorial like. There's two moms. Dad just doesn't matter here. We're pushing this to center. Yes, and I they're, thought, they're trying to make that other mom matter. And I just, I, I did feel like it was an effective emotional beat. Like, I felt like it was, like, the kind of this lovely, like, it's hard to let your baby go away, but you're trusting this with this person that he needs and loves and yeah. cares for him, and it works. And I just, I just thought it worked. Yeah. Sam, queen, scooting in after mom. I loved that so much. It's... Everything Sam's doing in this film is my favorite thing. Like, the mom has this emotional thing where she's like, I don't want this, but I know it's best for you, so that means I'll have to do it. And then Sam's like, okay, yes. anyway, and so scene, no girl ain't competing with me. The mom scene seemed like the natural end, and, like, other people are kind of, like, Jess and his dad are kind of like, oh, see you next, the, whatever. The, Jess's dad should not have been there for that scene. I don't know why he, the villain is there. Also, the mom is, like, pretty chill with this guy who's trying to kidnap him, like... He was trying to kidnap... He was just trying to kidnap the... Catch the mom. mom. That's what I'm saying. The mom is pretty chill for someone like this guy who's just trying to kidnap her. That's true. And he was he was he was mis- 
I mean, he was okay, right. Their found, were real. Yeah, he's not wrong, though. Uh, he found his white whale. That's and right. he was like, I guess my son is dying. Well, so. here's the thing. He almost lost his son. He realized that not anymore. And a bunch of other people now believe him that mermaid. Like, the thing is, like, That's he's true. like, this is true. But the people he cares about, like his son and his, his son. son's new best friend's parents, all believe him about the mermaids. And, like, also, he 100% knows he's right. Yeah. So, like, now it's not just, like, this crazy day that he crashed his boat and he thought he saw a mermaid. Like, he can be 100% sure it's right. So, I think, like, yeah. that a little bit worked. Okay, but I still think he should have been He shouldn't have been there being like, see you soon, Cody. It's like, you were being, you were creepy on Cody for the minute he showed up before you even had any idea he was a mermaid. It's, that's a weird scene. He, like, vibed with him. He's like, vibe check. <laughs> Jess's dad does not pass the vibe check. Bye, Jess. Uh, but, yes, Sam... So that mom beat seems like the last beat, and then there's a kind of like a Justin thing, and you kind of think like, oh, it's just gonna be a wrap up. And Sam basically busts up like, nope, this is me time. And she's like, like, listen, boy, mom, two moms, whatever, I'm here. He's like, don't be dating any fish girls, okay? Yeah. She's like, this is the big emotional goodbye. I'll really miss you. No fish girls. <laughs> there's a scene earlier where like Cody shows her his skills, and she's like, <laughs> Cody, you're a. That's fish. not a euphemism. <laughs> and I'm like, she's literally right, and she should say it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, I really go through some stuff, like, I need you right now. And she's like, you're a fish. Well, he says, uh, it's not as bad as it seems. And she's like, Cody, you're a fish. And he's like, okay, it's worse than it seems. I, I'm just glad she called him a fish. Like, I'm glad someone did that in the film. And of course, it was, like, the icon of Him and Jess kind of call him a fish a bunch of times, like, in that scene in the lab. Yeah. Like, they keep going back. Actually, Cody's, like, a little, like, sometimes he's like, guys, I'm a fish. And other times he's like, and guys, I'm a mermaid. And then other times he's like... Why do you guys mean I can't do this? I'm just... It goes away sometimes. <laughs> Inconsistent like, king. Like, Cody has a lot of scenes where he's like, oh, I'm not a mermaid right now. And it's like, no, Cody, you're always a mermaid, just sometimes the shines are showing. <laughs> the shines are showing? The, the shines are showing. Yeah, the signs are showing. There we go, I got there. Yay! <laughs> that Ed's gonna be like, sometimes the I, signs are showing. I was not gonna edit that, but okay. Oh, okay. I'm okay with misspeaking sometimes. I thought the edit would be different, because, like, this fish guy would be good. Let's go a little more into him. Okay. <laughs> the fish guy? Yeah. The Which crazy fish, fish guy. Just that. Okay. Who was originally crazy mean, fish guy. Yeah. And then... Crazy dad. And then just later tells him, Dad, you're not crazy. Which was tough look for all of us who had <laughs> marked him down as crazy guy in our notes. He's literally crazy dad. I Literally, he's giving Jess a speech. And I literally was like, man, crazy guy's really going for a long speech. Crazy dad's really going yes. for a long speech here. As Jess is like, dad, you're not crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he kind of like, so he's telling the story about this guy who believes in mermaids. And I was like, is this a parable? I, then... No, I thought he was going to pull a, um, I thought he was going to pull a can of worms and have the story blatantly be about himself <laughs> awkwardly. Oh, I didn't even think of that, but that no, was incredible. I really incredible. thought that was be, he's like, this guy... He saw it as a mermaid, and then he's like, it's clearly scuba man. I thought this was going to be some reflective <laughs> thing, and then I think he said it was from, like, 1968, so I'm like, I don't know how the ages would match up. I just, I was like, it's a story of Harable, and then it was just kind of like him dunking on another guy for believing in mermaids, and then he's like, but it's good to know there's somebody weirder than me who, who was discredited for believing the same thing I did. I don't know. It had a very strange energy. It was very strange. But The, the end whole of- film. Really, yes. But then the end of that was him being, like, kind of bonding with Jess and being like, Jess, you can look all through my mermaid stuff that I normally keep you out <laughs> you of. You can be a weird mermaid conspiracy theorist, too. And then Jess had, like, one very specific question. Like, hey, what's this thing about it changing on the 13th year? And all of a sudden he's like, hey, why are you asking so many questions about mermaid stuff? Which is how he started the conversation before the speech. 
He's like, oh, well, some people believe that and some people don't. It's all just what you think. Okay, speaking of him being weird. Okay, so there was the first scene where he first met Cody and he's going like, there's like horror music playing and they're in his weird I, It mermaid. was like a horror film. I was like, what is this? What is, I like the music choice was so weird because it genuinely was like a horror film music. I'm like, where is this going? Because he's got this like garage by the coast and it's full of his home. mermaid shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like creepy mermaid stuff, and it, and Cody and Jess are looking at it, and then he's basically like Every... staring Cody down, like he's <laughs> like he had some reason to believe Cody was a mermaid already. Yeah, he has vibes. But there was zero sign of that at that point. Cody wasn't even being that weird yet. Cody didn't even like have any yeah, signs. Yes. His son Jess had no signs. There was zero. He just drank a lot of water. He's thirsty. Right. <laughs> he's thirsty a lot. He's thirsty a lot. Is that a big deal? <laughs> Anyways. So that was, like, a kind of a creepy vibe. And then, I mean, he had a general creepy vibe, and I think that was intentional, but, like, that scene combined with, like, the scene during the big state swim meet where he had binoculars. binoculars. I don't think he needed those binoculars to see those fins. It, it's like a high school swim state. He's not that far away. He's using binoculars to stare explicitly at Cody, and somehow no one had a problem with this weird random no guy. No one could see his fins. No one could see Cody's fins. These people don't know anything. Well, they're underwater. But for some reason, this no, dad... No, they weren't. Oh, when he raises them up. That's when he was doing the binoculars. But that's thing. when he does the fire to distract everyone. But he held his hands up for, like, a long time. Trust me on this. I, 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 know, I know what you're talking about. And I was like, huh, this is going to go badly. And then he literally caused a fire. And nobody's going to be like, you know, maybe there's something weird on that one summer's hands. Seems like he had some sort of fungus. Like, I just think, like, like when you almost die, you don't worry about it. The kid's strongest hands. The point is, his fins are widely open for, like, a long time. You definitely didn't need binoculars to stare at them. You really Which is my point. This guy walking around in one outfit, sometimes (laughs) with binoculars, stalking a 13-year-old boy, it raises questions, and I don't feel like other people are asking those questions. It's just, the biggest thing for me is that he's a mermaid conspiracy theorist. Um, And he's right. Yes. Here's the thing. Mermaids exist in this universe. I see many mermaid media, as I think I made clear. Right. However, it's like there's people who find out the mermaid thing and then do research a lot of times in these sorts of things. So chess. Yes, but there's nev- there's not a lot of people who already believe in mermaids. Right. Because it's weird. Because it just sounds stupid. Okay. <laughs> Even when in the universe they exist, like here, it's just kind of like, dude. This is what you're wasting your conspiracy theory energy on? You're kind of in a low So you're taking the stance of the two weird Fisher guys (laughs) who are like, did you find any aliens? And you're like, he should have been in the aliens? This is your take? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying (laughs) in the film, this makes this weird character even weirder because his big thing is trying to prove mermaids are real, which is not, as someone who used to vaguely be into conspiracy theory before, I found out a lot of them were like, clearly just like bull. Right. It's like, you never really got into mermaids. The only thing was, like, sometimes <laughs> genetically, people's, like, legs and feet were together. Right. So no, it's yes. like a tail, kind of. If there's, like, a massive global conspiracy, the idea that it would just be hiding mermaids would be, like, so <laughs> arbitrary and disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if the mermaids are just, like, can't even talk. Yeah. Okay, we've mentioned a few times that the mom can't talk. The mom just doesn't talk, and it's very weird. Right, and I'm unsure whether it's just, like, she doesn't speak human languages, or whether Mermaid's like, is Cody going to lose the ability to talk over time? Or is this why she wanted to give her child to the humans to learn to speak? It's, like, 
so many questions just because she like literally never talks. She never talks. Like, and she when just she's kind like, of makes smiles and kind of weird, I guess, welcoming, beckoning faces. She, I don't, I'm not criticizing the actress because I don't know what she was huh. given to do. However, the character didn't work for me and neither did like all of her facial expressions because they're just all so weird. I'm like, Lily, what are they doing? I feel the movie actually had a pretty firm grasp on what wanted to do. Yes. Except with the mom, because every time she was on screen, it just felt so disconnected and like just like a different movie. It was yes. just like, really off. I think it was a situation where they had like basically one note. They're like, we want this to feel ethereal. And that's all they had. <laughs> yeah. So they would just be like, mom, be like ethereal. And she, if she was Have like. Have your hair float in the water. And if it, she was like, uh, can you give me a little more there? They're like, we'll be like welcoming. But like mysterious, and kinda, be like happy, but like mysterious. But kind of like ethereal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and like so, she was just kind of doing that, and it's like I guess she was doing that, <laughs> but it wasn't good. Yeah, I feel she could have put some tears in there sometimes, just like you know, why are the exit? <laughs> I hate whenever like also actors the... are supposed to cry things, and like there are no tears. Like, come on now, <laughs> just like one tear. <laughs> if she was crying, how could you tell she was underwater? What? She was often underwater. How could she tell she was crying? Because sometimes she was above water, and I could see it then. <laughs> also, I feel like the mermaid powers in this film are a little interesting. Why does he have electricity powers? It really didn't matter. Well, Except in that last scene. They, they justified it in two scenes. He used it to escape the pool, with the, causing the fire. Yeah. And he used it to save Jess's life, okay, which is why it was in the plot. I hesitate to say it didn't matter. It felt like it didn't matter, because every time he used it, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> Well, it's also funny that he was, like, pointing out to Jess at one point when Jess is like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as we think. And he's like, he's like, I can do this. And he does the electricity fingers together. Yeah. It's like, show that shit to the doctor when you're trying to prove you are, there's actually something weird yeah. in you. No, stick to, like, a rope when you're trying to prove it's not just puberty. Right. But I guess this is my point. Like, it, so they said that electricity is due to, like, eels. Which, like, okay, I guess, whatever. Mermaids are not are mermaids eels in this. They fiction? say they function at the same frequency. Okay, yeah, like I get that what they're going for. Like big sciencey crap. But like mermaids don't famously have sticky hands. That's not like a thing. That was weird. And like he basically went full Spider Man. Like he's climbing on the roof. It's not like it's one thing to be like, oh, fish are kind of like sticky. Some of them have like a kind of a gelatin around them, which is true. But like not in the sense that they can like literally climb up walls and on ceilings carrying the body weight of a human boy. <laughs> It was, like, it was really weird. And, like, all it seemed to be, really, is just to stick to milk cartons. <laughs> that didn't right. really come back. But I feel like it was more memorable than the electricity powers, which is bad, because that was a vital to two different plot-important scenes. But it just didn't feel like it mattered. I guess because I'm, like, if I had electricity powers, I feel it would come up more. And here's why the electricity power was so important. One, because it caused a literal spark between him and Sam kissing. And two, because it caused the iconic scene where he has static electricity running through him, so when he held her hands, it was making her hair stand up in that one scene. Uh, yeah. Which is iconic. They used that in, like, trailers for DCOMs for years, like when they would do, like, a commercial thing. And, like, Sam's delightful in that scene, though she is kind of, like, confused why he's laughing, and it's like... He's giggling every time y'all hold hands. Like, this isn't a bad thing. Why are you, like, being mad like, and questioning let's him? let's pretend, like, he isn't making your hair go all staticky. That's not, like, that crazy of a reaction. So, yeah, the electricity powers and general the mermaid powers were like, a little big. I was like, I guess he was drinking so much water because he then later, he just needed to be close to water. And so this was kind of, yeah. he was gro growingly more attached to water and needing to be in water. Um, besides the mom, was there anything that didn't work for you in this film? 
Because I kind of feel like everything else was checking boxes for me. Yeah, I, like the mom was the big criticism. And she's not like a disaster. No, she's just really off. I feel like she was a part of a lesser film. I agree. Like they just kind of stuck her in there. She was more on like the mid-tier decom film or even kind of maybe even one of the bad decoms. So she was nothing like atrocious like the aliens and Can of Worms or anything. Yeah. It just, it's like, everything I thought wasn't going to work for me kind of did. Like, I really wasn't certain about this, like, nerd character first in his first scene where he's, like, bringing a tuba <laughs> into the thing. He's wearing the fun hat, though. Yes, and I did love their hats. But he's bringing, he's having They have these marble hats. He, like, falls, team. like, from a little, like, air, I guess. Yes. <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why characters in films trip into pools is often, like, they suddenly forget how to walk. In a plot, like, it's not like Jess is later clumsy. No, it's just literally, just he needs to drown. <laughs> he needs like, to drown real good. Yeah, it's like, a, he has a tuba. <laughs> just have, like, the asshole character, like, accidentally punch him. Right, just have Sean, like, yeah, just shoulder nudge him because he doesn't care about him, and then have him stumble and then fall over a box and then fall in with the tuba. This could be done. Yeah, anyways, but he's like, I can't swim, I can't swim, which also was like, dude, you live in, like, a town that literally had, like, a... Like, booming dock boat segment. You also literally are deeply into marine biology and hang out on the beach all the time. Your dad's obsessed with mermaids that has a fishing boat that he's on, like, all the time. And I guess the implication, based on later things in the film, is that it's not that I guess he can't swim, really. It's that he's just scared of swimming. Yeah, I guess. But, look, that's not ever explained. It's not like his dad was like, don't go in the water, it's unsafe. I where, like, his mom died in the ocean or whatever. And was also somehow related to mermaids or something. Yeah. That's, that would be a classic thing to do. They actually don't explain the mom thing at all. No, she's like not there. Maybe she left because her husband was obsessed with mermaids. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't judge her. Um, but anyways, I thought that was not going to work. He had like those classic nerd glasses where they're like really framed. Aggressively black, thick, yes. And it's like nerd. And he literally calls himself a nerd. But like. Really? Yeah. But that was actually what sold me because I'm like, oh. He's self-aware, and then he has turned out to be a comedic legend and stuff. I also thought the bullet character, his first scene is, like, aggressively, like, this is the asshole. But then it's, like, him and, like, Cody are friends, and that was, like, weird. I was like, yeah. why? But cool. I don't know. He had, like, fun energy. He was, like, very evil. There's a scene where, like, Cody's like, why do you hate Jess so much? Fair question. He's like, he's not one of us. Yes. And it's just because he's not on a swim team, which I thought was crazy. I've seen that kind of story many times, but it's like, with like more adult characters, it's like he's 13 and he's like, yes. he's not on our swim team. I must hate him. It was just really funny to me. I love it whenever these characters are like really into something because it's just like, you're 13, calm down. Right. Yes. He, yes, I loved in that speech where he's doing the, uh, he's not one of us. He's like, we have a swim team. We are the people. We other- are the gods of this yeah, he's like, school. Everybody else wants to be us. We're the cool people and he's it's not It's literally us. like a scene from Gossip Girl season one. Yes. And it's just like. It's like that one it's scene, scene that Reesley like- says in like Devil's yes, Fire. Yes. Like, everyone yes. else wants to be us. But there she's talking about like fame and riches and he's just talking That's about high fashion. This is. 13-year-olds in middle school swim team. It's yes, so good. But, I mean, one of them is the state champion, so... That's right. It's just, I love when people bring that full, yes, Miranda Priestley, Gossip Girl Season 1 energy, but it's children. That's yeah. what we loved about Val. It's what we like yes. about this guy. Val from Brink. Yeah. I think his hair was also pretty good. Like, it yes. looked like asshole hair. No, yeah. The kid was... I would say just like, everything right. From the minute we saw him, I'm like, oh, this kid's a detestable jerk. 
Yes. Like, he just put that vibe out there, and he just kept doing it, and it stayed that way. It was great. Yeah. I just remembered another incredible Jess line I liked. We're just going to keep punctuating this. We're going to just keep interspersing into this podcast great Jess lines. Oh, of course. When Cody was being a little woe is me towards the end, Jess just goes, it could be worse. And Cody's kind of like, how? He's like, you could be turning into a, instead of a half fish, you could be a half slug. And then Cody's like, man, what do you mean? He's like, no, really. And then he he tells him how, like, being a slug would suck. And it's like, this is a great point. He's like, he's right, though. Honestly, being a mermaid's like, not that bad. Merman, sorry. It just sucks for him particularly because he's on a swim team. If he wasn't, it'd be fine. I actually kind of like the bit. I mean, not like fine. It would be fine, but yeah, I actually actually like the bit where people can be like, mermaid, and then they're like, merman. Yeah. Don't make he's really a merboy. I mean, I guess he, he's only 13. That, like, oh, when Sam finds out he's a merman because she storms into his house, queen, and, and she sees out. his fins, she, like, passed out immediately, which I remembered. I yes. like. Then they wake her up, and she's like, oh, Cody had a terrible dream, and yes. you were this. <laughs> and he, like, shows her his fins, he's like, actually, it wasn't a dream, and she's like, what? And she literally thinks he's lied, even though he's, like, yes. showing you the fins. And I really like, want her to pass out there mer- again. I thought she was going to. And she's like, you're a mermaid? And they're like, and all the four, the dad, mom, Cody, Jess, are like, merman. And it's like, what? is this the time? Yes. Which is a great callback, because Jess did that earlier in the movie. And I just, I loved that. It was like, yes. those little bits. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I think we're here. So we like, love this movie. Like- we love this movie. The mom stuff doesn't, the mermaid mom doesn't always work. But like, in general, we're in on this movie. We love Cody's giving a performance. Jess is a star. Sam's just absolutely focused on her goal in a way we really like. The movie's closing out. A lot of mom in this, but like it's working well enough. And then it cuts to the credits. And though... <sighs> what happened? It's oh my gosh. A song? A song. I guess it's At a song. At first we thought it was just like an original score, which was bad. And then there were lyrics. And then we are like, who chose this weird, crappy song? But and like, then we heard some of the lyrics. The music is like, weird. And it's like, in my 13th year, and we realized. <laughs> this is an original. Or at least there's some random song about your 13th year and how that affects you. But, no, um, no, they, they... yeah, no, it's an original. And it is, I feel like the only way to really get you to feel how rough it is to listen to it. But I think that's copyright. So we will not do that. However, I recommend you you can, if you look up thirteenth year credit song on like YouTube, it's on there. I just checked. Yeah. And you should listen to that thing. That's it's like one. It's like it's barely music. Like, it's not like in like a mean like oh that song is an art like like it just doesn't sound sonically like music it, generally it has in my it, life. It felt very disconnected. And the lyrics are strange. They're bizarre. What's interesting about this though is this. This is the first time we've really seen music used in this way. Original in, songs. Like, original songs with a decom, which, of course, goes on to be a huge thing. I mean, I guess literally the biggest decom franchise of all time is High School Musical. And that's a... Or musical with original songs. And, I mean, I guess also... I mean, the modern thing people talk about so much is Descendants, which also is a musical. Yeah, with original songs. And, like, Camp Rock and all these things. Like, Kenny Ortega is doing the work. And like And, like, how many starlets have been launched out of the Disney system with yeah, music? Yeah, there's that great movie, Starstruck. I don't know what that is. You smiled, though. <laughs> yes. Miley, Selena, and Demi, like, had, like, pop careers and acting careers, and it all came out of, like, this Disney original music thing was part of that whole yeah, vibe. That and that started with this song? Yeah. Um, okay. 
But here's the thing with that. It's like, here it's definitely, I feel like, I don't know how to phrase it. It's like all the movies are very, well, the good movies are all very down to earth in a sense and just sort of about yeah, yeah. like kids. It's, they are not that like Disney Channel star thing yet, which certainly becomes a thing. I mean, Marks. I don't know, but like only, like some of these people were in other decons, but they didn't have Disney Channel shows, which becomes a really big aspect right. of it later where it's like, you can see your favorite actors on your favorite shows, but right. they're in a movie that's kind of about like saving the world from problems. And yeah. like and you and it's like you see the phase in and phase out of Disney stuff and we aren't really there yet. It just seems like people are just making movies. Yeah. I mean that's true. Like uh obviously Yoki Dog was a star vehicle for Kirk Cameron, but and like he was Disney Channel adjacent. Yeah. But like not really. And well we're about to enter into the Lawrence Brother eras, yeah. which is uh you'll see. <laughs> I uh, will. I'm excited for horse then. Give me that. That's one I'm person. never really a horse girl, but like I respect horse girls. We we can all respect horse girls here. Yeah. We even respect car guys, but only loosely. Hmm. They're the, the they're the horse girls. It's weird when they get really into it, but like or they put too much. Is like, it weirder than being really into horses? No, because horses can think. I mean, when they okay. prescribe too much thoughts on their cars, like I know what she's thinking. It's like a car. Oh sure. <laughs> That's I feel like people really do it with boats, which this movie stayed away from. Yeah. Uh, like, as someone who has spent months on a boat, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so awkward. I know. Our daddy used to own a boat, and then yeah. we, like, I spent, like, months there sometimes. He, he lives on a boat. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I would visit him. I don't know why I'm it so weirdly. It's so <laughs> You're making it seem weird. Uh, there was a Anyways, boat. It was not about dock. There was other you people in the dock. <laughs> he, he, like, was shipped in. That were like really into he's into boats too, but like they were like yeah she's a real beauty. And it's like it's a boat come down. Or like they're like oh this this they describe they, they assign personality to their yeah inanimate objects. Interesting. I mean I do that a little bit with my car though I'm not gonna lie. I love your car. I know it's a great car, but like sometimes like when like I'm like oh this might be like a tough thing or whatever and it does a really good job I'm like good job car and I give a little pat. I'm not afraid. Do you give it a pat? Like physically? Yeah, physically pat on the back. You have to say you. thank you to your objects. Yeah, remember when we learned about you and you were very into murder? And my thing is occasionally I pat my car? I don't feel bad about this Shut at all. Up. I hate you. Shut up. Calm down. I'm into murder. <laughs> Aren't you, though? Am I no. wrong, though? Am yes. I wrong, though? Yes. I don't watch that true crime crap. I'm not weird about, like, serial killers. No, no, killers. Like, you personally advocate for the murder of characters you don't like. There wasn't a lot of child crime in this film. A disappointing amount. Oh, yeah. So. It's come to our are, attention. Is there any child crime? No, they're all, le- they all do just, like, legal stuff like a bunch of losers. Yeah, so on our earlier pod, we brought up child crime. And, our first one, which right. we should listen to, Ray Five Stars and I did. Uh <laughs> And then, you know, Lucky Dog didn't have children, so not a lot of child crime. And then, yeah, a lot of crime to humanity. By the time we got to the Xenon pod, like, Xenon was doing so much child crime, it was, like, the plot of the movie. Yeah, it deigns to be mentioned, because it's, like, it if, doesn't deign to be mentioned. If we were doing the decom child... Cr- Ooh, that's a tough one. If we were doing decom the... Decom child crime... Tracker? Decom child crime tracker. Decom child crime... See, it's so fun! fun! It's, like, okay, tracker makes it right. I got this. No, Decom... Child Crime Tracker. Whew! Yes. Decom Child Crime Tracker. Nailed it. Great job. If we were doing that, Xenon would have... Say that five times fast, audience. So many. That's right. We're leaving... That's literally the plot. She's literally, like, investigating... That's literally why she hasn't been sent down to Earth, because she was doing too much yes. crime. Yes. Can of Worms has, like, 
a fair variety of hacking related ones, which Xenon also has. I this don't week, remember anything about cameras. Erase from my brain. Uh, you remember the floppy disk duel? There was Western music playing. Uh, Act like you don't remember. Act uh, like you don't remember. Uh, I know it doesn't. It doesn't deign to be recalled. Our original recording was two hours of talking about can of uh, worms. But yeah, this movie was relatively crime-free. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, like maybe it was technically like a like a fine to swim across I that mean, place. I mean, there was some child kidnapping, but no child's committing the crime. When Cody swam across that one place where the ferry was, like, a lot of times you probably aren't allowed to swim in those areas. So, like... <laughs> this is so lame. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, the ferry. Like, these are, like, whatever. good... These are, like, good kids. Yeah. Uh, so, zero child okay. crimes here in the 13th year. Yeah. Um, it's second biggest disappointment after the month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because you love child crime as a child criminal. Is that a thought? More things we learned about you. The things oh, I've learned about oh you on this God. podcast is how pro murder you are, that, no, how much you I like to commit crime, so and th- that thing about out. the secret entrance to your house, <laughs> which I assume is related to the crime. Now that I'm putting no, this all together, no, it's not. No, shut up. That is me and mother's <laughs> personal thing. We want, we want. I, this is one of the reasons having a second story house, which is my other big wish, would be good because there would be like a reason to have like a two story house. And Places then to hide No, shut up. No. Staircases are perfect places to put secret entrances. It's really best for three-story houses. That's where you really get into it. But that just can be like an attic. Why do you need all these secret entrances? Because they're fun. They remind me of childhood adventure books, Matthew. Okay. So these are for all non-murder, non-crime reasons. No, shut up. Stop trying to turn this pure thing, this kind of weird pure thing, <laughs> into okay. something okay. dirt, like something murdery. Okay. <laughs> You have admitted it's kind of weird, and I will accept that. Like, yeah, it's a weird hyperfixation on having secret entrances to your house. Like, I'm not going to say that's not weird, but it isn't related to murder, and well, neither am I. <laughs> I just want you to know those are things murderers say in movies. No, shut up! I, I, I didn't necessarily assume it was murder-related. It could also have been other crime-related. I know you have a, a fascination for trespassing. Anyway. See, I can't fully deny that, because there has been complaints. But, like, it's not like a fascination. Just sometimes when you're trying to go over creeks, cutting through people's backyards is, like, a quick way to go. That's one it of is the true. reasons I it's... cut through that person's backyard, because there's, like, a weird other neighborhood in our neighborhood that I found that was really weird. And it connected to, like, the neighborhood and neighborhood of our neighborhood. <laughs> neighborhood? <laughs> I, I understood what you were saying. I kind of lost you with the words there. I understand what you're saying. Well, yeah, because yes. you live in this neighborhood, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to say and yes. Anyways, the point is, that ending song was weird as hell. It was so bad. I literally was literally rolling on the floor laughing. I, you did hit the floor. And not in a let the bodies hit the floor way. And like a, you literally just didn't know what was happening and were laughing on the ground away. That was so funny. So, let's go Big Bitcher again. Yeah, back to... Uh... <laughs> We have to do the rating. We love this film. We like kind what of. What did you think you're going to give it out of ten? What give it out of ten? I'm going very high. No, you kept saying as this film ended, ten out of ten, and like, we've only given that to Halloween Town. I mean, I will say we were right at that level. We were loving this film. We were laughing. Yes. I laughed out. I decided what I'm going to give it. I laughed out loud. I mean, more than I have in any of the decoms. It was like it's definitely the funniest of the decoms we've watched. Yes, so far. 
like certain like by far jess was a star turn in a way i mean i mean i love what marnie did and what xenon did as xenon um yeah it's like when we get to his like further successes i hope he's doing something because he like deserved it sure and cody and sam were great uh I really like all of this film. Like, if, like, the kind of awkward mermaid bob and a weird credit song is the worst thing. I, I mean, I, this might be sacrilegious, but I liked this film more than Halloween Town, and I'm giving it the 10 out of 10. I'm giving it a 9.8. A 9.8? Yeah. Oh, we're going off the point fives. This is the first time we broke from a point five. Yeah. I respect it. Point fives are valid. Like, points are valid here. Um, There's, like, more than 100 decoms. It's probably reasonable. Like, I'm just going to try and say yeah. on this 20-point scale. It's like, I liked Halloween Town more. That's fair. That's reasonable. Yes. But I really love this film. In a way, I kind of wasn't, ex- kind, in a way, I kind of wasn't expecting. Sure. And I feel almost bad. It's like, I don't have phrases. Not holding it back, but it's like, because I don't have that childhood association. Sure. That I did with Halloween Town, where I have all this, like, intense love built over. Right. It's, like, kind of harder. And I don't find it on that level. However, at 9.5, I mean, we're just talking about how much we loved it. And it's like, nothing did work for me except that mom. Um, and, that, and it wasn't objectionable. No. It just felt like it was from something lesser than its quality. Yes. So, I, and like, I was thinking, I'm like, it's higher than Xenon for me. And so 9.8, it just feels right. It's like close to 10, but just like, it's not quite there. In sure. A sense. And it's also a film, I think what you're, what you're kind of saying there is like, if you had seen it five times when you were younger, and like, it's kind of one of your mermaid things that you love. Yes. And I like, when I was watching this film, I was like, oh, right, this film's incredible. I did watch this film. A bunch of times. I did not. Uh, well, again, it's just... I mean, you've seen those a lot of... Like, I watched Xenon a million times and Brink a million times, and, like, you hadn't seen those at all. So, like, 13th yeah. year at least carried enough well, for like, you to I get to it. Well, like, I've seen it... Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, Halloween Town is the only one you had seen multiple times. So far, yeah. Of the early era. Of, of these very yeah, early so far. Times. And you haven't also seen uh, next week's uh, Smart House, right? No, I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it from you and Chelsea. That's gonna be a, a gem. Yeah... I mean, you don't shut up about it, so hopefully it's, um, <laughs> good. I mean, if there's a decom, I don't shut up about it. It's Giants and Nami. Yeah, that and, like, Brink. Well, I actually talk about Brink more. Giants and Nami is, like, it's too pure to be... Uh, I need that film to hold up. Anyways, it's not relevant to this. So I'm going... Uh, 13th Year is my favorite decom we've watched. Uh, Halloween Town's perfect. That's yeah. the thing. I kind of feel like... This is a weird thing but to But it's, say. like, a surprise perfect film. Well, here's what I think. I think, like, Halloween Town is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But 13th Year might be better. Does that make sense? No, I see what you're saying. I think, like, Halloween Town is just so, like, good overall, but, yes. like, uh, like maybe 13th Year shines more in certain aspects. That's right. That really gets to you and gravitates to you more. Halloween Town did everything it wanted to do exactly the way it wanted to do it. And 13th Year, though, it, like, again, like, the mom stuff could be better. There's a couple things, like, there's, there's we have notes, yeah. but overall... <laughs> Change that indie song, you know. <laughs> just do anything else. Just don't have an indie song, it's fine. Just literally play weird water sounds. <laughs> I wouldn't have really But, like, it just reached highs that nothing else. We paused the movie uproariously lapping three or four times. Yes, because we had to catch up on our notes. And not we in just the tr- had so much to say. And not, like, in a dunking on it. Can of worms way. Can of worms way. Like, pause the film because we were just delighted. Because there's so much I wanted to say on this, this podcast. Like, the... I'm just going to talk about a little detail. When they jump to school for the first time, and, like, Cody's walking in, he's the big man on campus, yeah. and he's interacting with Sean and then Sam and all these things, like, they were throwing lines that would have been the funniest line in whole other movies we've watched, even under wraps, and they just did them back to back to back to back, and I'm like, this is so good. Yeah. 
that's I literally wrote that once early in the film. I'm like, this is so good. And then after that, I was just loving the film. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so that was our discussion of the 13th year. And we'll be back with the further successes of our stars, who we were very impressed with. Yes. Hashtag Team Jess. Yes. <laughs> We back? Oh, yes, we are back. Um, we'll start with Cody, who's played by an actor called Chess Starbucks. What a name. Is, yeah, quite a name, I was going to say. He had some other roles as a child actor, including a Mary-Kate and Ashley dance party video, which I actually have Oof. seen in the Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen oeuvre. Um, he is also, his next IMDb credit, however, came in 2016 in a film called The Long and Short. Now he appears to be doing more like art stuff on his Instagram. That's interesting that he didn't didn't like stay working because I feel like he was good in this. Yes. Though I do feel like he had a little bit of like, like I said, he's very kind of like solid and monotone. Kind of had real uh, Finn and Glee energy. I see what you're saying. I thought you were gonna say Hayden Christensen in like the monotone sense. Oh no. Well, no, I didn't think of Hayden Christensen at all for him. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I get I can see your Finn from Glee vibes. It's like. Finn as a character, like, kind of sucks, but, like, the actor was charming, so it, like, worked. Yes. I just, like, I just feel like this is yeah. very... I would describe it as simple, but I mean that in a great way. Yeah, he didn't need to be doing a lot for the film. And he needs, like, a solid base that everyone else can work off of. Yes. Next we have Sam, who was played by Courtney Draper, uh, who was acting and then has also been doing voice work. Uh, we'll see her again on this podcast in Stepsister from Planet Weird. And... She was also in a beloved Disney Channel series, The Jersey, where she played Morgan. You mentioned that while we were walking, and you're like, oh, I know where I recognize her from, The Jersey. Yeah, she's great in that. Or, I don't, it's impossible to say whether anyone was great in a Disney Channel show. I know I loved it. Okay. <laughs> we're just going to say that. Child Me was into that show. It had like, it was like a show where The Jersey transformed you into sports people, so it was just like a parade. Oh, I heard of that. It was a parade of famous athletes wanting to be on Disney Channel. Me. I mean, it's a whole mood. Just, like, some random... I feel like these people all had kids and they wanted to do it. But, yeah. But there were a lot of, like, iconic episodes because, like, some athlete you like would then be on your Disney Channel show. It was exciting as a child. She also had a run on the soap opera with the Bold and the Beautiful, appeared in a season seven episode of Buffy. Mary, we talked about this Buffy role. It was brief. <laughs> she just died. She showed up in an episode that died. Uh, tough stuff for our girl, Courtney. And she's also done um, a voice work in several video games, um... Probably her most prominent role is she was Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite, which is a huge role in, in kind of a, an emotional core of that game. Jess is played by an actor called Justin John Ross. He appeared on TV episodes in the TV movies Crayola Kids Adventures videos, which is quite a name. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is with other DCOM people, such as Adam Wiley from Underwrought Plus Canworms and Luke from Halloween Town. Um, however, Tragically, after 13th year, he has no IMDb credits. Apparently, he did work for Recess, and then after that, it's like nothing after 2001. Well, that's a shame, because that kid was incredible. He was talented, like, talented, talented. You were just saying, like, it's like, I don't know if they're good. I know he was good. Oh, I was saying in the shows. Oh, yeah. In the movies, I know. Yeah, I, okay, I see what you're saying. But, like, he was talented, and, like, where did he go, King? Also... You can still do it. You can still have a career. Yeah, whatever. He's he's still young-ish. I, I consider myself still young, so all of these people are still young. Yeah. Also, wild, 
so Evan Wiley from Under Wraps and Can of Worms was the geeky kid in that. And then they had this kid who was classed as the geeky kid in this. What was going on in these Crayola Kid Adventures? Then with the jerk Luke from Halloween Town. Yeah. That I has that for a weird vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the point is Justin John Ross come back and... Do you think their star turns in the 13th year, like, really... Got they peaked? Like, they couldn't get other good work because people would, people would just see you as just from the 13th year or... No, I don't think so. Year. I do. I don't know. I really love this movie, obviously, but it's not like Halloween Town in the sense that, like, I feel typecasted. He wasn't even the lead. He could have done it. I believe in him. He can still do it. I believe he in you. He can still do I it. I believe in you, Justin John Ross. <laughs> Next, we have Sean, who's played by Tim Redwine. And he was a working actor before this movie. And then in 1999, he also starred alongside Henry Winkler. Do you know who that is, Mary? No, but his last name is something. He was the Fonz. Oh, I do know who that is. Randy Quaid. You know who that is, right? He was in Penn State Guy. Sure. Well, we referenced him on the podcast, so it's like, you know, feels, you know, to mention. Sure. And I know who Jessica Alba is. And yes, just she was in Valentine's Day, her prize work, I'm sure. I'm sure. And they were all in the movie Punks in 1999 about how teens find a super suit. None of those other people are teens, <laughs> even yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I assume he was one of the teens. And after the 13th year, he was in episodes of CSI and Cover Me, but has no IMDb credits after 2001. This is a trend now. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he has left Hollywood for a quieter life, which I respect. Yes. So, so far, a lot of our actors have decided to sort of stop acting. And Only Courtney stayed working. Yes. And, however, this is not, like, a major character, though. In fact, this is not a character, really, in this Unnamed. film. Unnamed. Uncredited. Uncredited. Unimportant in literally every way. However, a, a, superstar. Young, a young baby baby, Kristen Stewart, was annoyed in a warfare line, like a queen. <laughs> yes. She used those... 0.1 seconds all to her advantage. This is the platform that launched her. Yes, I'm sure it was. Her, this was in her tape. <laughs> if she ever gets nominated for like an Oscar or whatever, I'm sure they'll use this. <laughs> they sometimes do that thing where they show like them on a sort of little thing, and there'll be a little clip of her just waiting at a water fountain line, and people be like, will be like annoyed, like, Ugh. and people be like, "What is that?" And then people will be like, "She was in 13th Year," and people are like, "Oh my God, she was the girl in 13th Year," and it's like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 she was a child in a water fountain line. And that's going to bring on the 13th year resurgence, the renaissance. It's always the 13th year resurgence. Oh, hell yeah. Also, this podcast is going to start it. Yeah. <laughs> Watch 13th year on Disney+, Plus. stream that thing, also write a podcast five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Email and follow us on Twitter. Um, but however, yeah, so that's like a little fun fact. Okay. And then, sometimes we also talk about the adults, because while we're really here for the kids. They also exist. Adults also exist and do things on MD Dumps. And so we talked earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say they exist to do things. They do things. Sometimes they're even good things. And we talked earlier about uh, Jess's dad, who was giving a real performance yes. as the creepy dad. And the he was... character was kind of weird, but like the actor was good. Oh, yeah. He was successfully selling that weird thing they had him doing. Yeah. He seemed very weird because that was what was asked of him. Was the dad independently named or is he just Jess? Jess's dad? <laughs> Man, I that was, was like... a long pause, but yeah, I think he was just—he's just as said in this description. Of, it's, he's noted by our researcher as Jess's stalker dad, <laughs> which she made before we watched this movie, and that is accurate. He is a stalker yeah, dad. Fair enough. <laughs> I literally talked about how he was stalking a thirteen-year-old boy. 
Uh, but yes, it was played by Brent Briscoe. He began his career in the 1980s at the Burt Reynolds Theater in Jupiter, Florida. Which um, I have done a theater camp at. A little personal connection there. Uh, he then did touring theater for about a decade. In the mid-90s, he became a writer for television shows, such as the sitcom Evening Sade. Well, I'm pretty sure I did theater camp there. Yeah, fact check that, researcher. He then moved to the big screen, appearing in the critically acclaimed Sling Blade, which starred Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, that began a movie career working on projects such as Mulholland Drive, The Green Miles, and Spider-Man 2, and of course, you know, most importantly, The 13th Year. In recent years, he has appeared on shows such as Parks and Rec, The Twin Peaks Reboot, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sadly, though, we lost Brent in 2017 due to complications after a fall. Uh, but he was a long-working uh, writer and character actor who uh, gave a lot of laughs to his audience. And when we're back, on a slightly different note, we're going to have Mary talk about mermaid fiction. <laughs> and we're back with Mary's Mermaid Corner. Mary's Mermaid Mansion. Yeah, I don't know how to start this. So a few okay. years ago, and I guess, you know, in a sense, um, till this day, I was really into mermaids. That was like my thing. H2O just had water. Highlight of my life. <laughs> Was a real thing for you. It was. I was so obsessed with it. I wanted to be a mermaid. I remember specifically when I was in like um, second grade because I, no, yes, second grade. Because I specifically remember I had two friend groups. Okay. One at school and one at the YMC mm -hmm. who I did gymnastics camp with. And I remember thinking it was like cool because like I, it was like one brunette and two blondes in each friend group. <laughs> okay. And that's how it was in H2O just said water. So I'm like, if we any of us, if one of my friend groups were to get mermaid powers, that'd be like so cool. I mean, that would be cool. I remember I wished I found once. I'm like, mermaid powers, <laughs> if you're out there. This is getting embarrassing really quickly. Anyways, the point is, I was really into mermaids. Like every girl in my grade, for a certain point in time, I swam sure. like the mermaids in H2O just said water. Like my hands were together and moving. Okay, sure. Like this. Kind of more you of a... You can't see it. Because kind of more of a audience. wiggle than a traditional out arm Yes. Side. Like, coaches are like, that's not helpful. And I'm like, listen. Listen, it looks pretty it when other people do it in film. Yes. But, like, everyone else would do it, too. And I'm like, oh, you've seen the show. And they're like, yeah, of course. Because, like, every girl my age has seen that show. It has a banger theme song. Literally a classic. Sure. H2O just said water, I think, stretches... Um, a bit above Australia. Well, I know, like, oh, yeah. I know there's, like, people in college sometimes, like, do stuff on social media about it. And then, I think, on down into the younger ages. It yeah, it was, like, through. on Netflix. Netflix right. play, did a lot of replays on Nick and then Teen Nick. So, it had a lot of impact. Sure. Because, like, people, like, my age don't necessarily, because I'm an old. We don't, yeah. They, like, don't necessarily know. But they should just said water. Basically dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, no, it was so good. It's, like, everyone I know has, like, seen it, like, female. Okay. Um, and it's, like, it was so good because the girls, and they had, like, these necklaces that, so there's an older mermaid lady. I don't know if she's a mermaid anymore. I don't think she is. I think she, like, Is she better it. than the mom in this? Yes, right. <laughs> and she's, like, in, like, she's, like, guiding them through their mermaid problems. Oh, a wise mermaid teacher? Yes. And The Giles of H2O just said one. Yes. And there's, like, these three necklaces that, like, her and her friends had. Okay, cool. And then the girls 
throughout season one all get these necklaces and they're in different nice. places like one of them is like a family heirloom i think i actually don't remember one of them is like has to be earned from the lady like because okay. one of them gets it first and then hides at the party because they're all trying to get the necklace and then like it but she earned it first and then like, there's some drama at like a party blah blah blah. anyways and then one of them's at like a store that like the evil turned boyfriend of one of the love interests of one of the mains gets Ooh, for drama. her Yes, there's a scene in the first episode where he like comes in on like a car bike thing in like an all black leather outfit, <laughs> <laughs> and then gets like sprinklered on. Angel wishes. Yeah, he, he's literally the fashion of it all. Um, but it's like wild because it's like he must be sweating. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. But like iconic, and the scene where they become mermaids because like the moon passes over the volcano lake bed. It's so good. Okay, well. That was the last As passion. you can tell, Mary's very excited about. Mary's very excited about H2O just on water. I, my mom fought to find a necklace like the necklaces they had, but she could only find it from like sketchy places online from like random countries, so she didn't like trust. I wonder if that's better now. We'll research. Yeah, I'd, I'd still well, get one. They're still nice necklaces, but I have like my definitive necklace. Because I always wanted like a necklace that was sort of like the necklace I wore all the time. Uh -huh. But I have that because Maggie gave me that one. The M one. Oh, cool. I like wear it a lot. I don't know if you do. I do, kind of. I've seen you wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the point okay. is H2O so, Just Said Water was a banger. Sure. So that was Mary's pitch for an H2O Just Said Water spinoff pod. A rewatch pod. She got so excited when I said that. I like remember stuff. I remember that better than I remember 13 Deer. There's an episode where all the girls have to fake sick because it's raining outside. And they then, and like at one point they're really cold and then they try getting really hot. And then like doctors from like the government come and they're all like, no, this sucks. And then they just like, are like, no, we're better now. It's fine. And then like, they're like, oh, they are all better. Because one of them could like manipulate heat. She like gave them temperatures even though they don't have temperatures. It's like, so good. <laughs> so delighted. I, right I, I am. It. I'm like, I there's it. all this passion. Oh, never mind. I just have HO just so I guess. They <laughs> had easily the best powers, like by far in a way. Oh, do they all have different powers? Yes. So there's three main girls? Yes, there's three main girls. What? One of them got replaced in season three by some other chick. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So the main three girls, what are each of their powers? Okay, Ricky, she's like the hot headed temper one. She comes from like lower class, okay. I think, and stuff. She's like the rebel feisty one. She has firepower. Well, not firepower. She can, like, boil water. And this... So she can heat up water. To, yes. Okay. this leads to fire sometimes. Sure. She's a hot-headed one. You know. Okay. Emma Thematic. was a... I get it. Yes. Emma was a swimmer, so very similar to this film. And okay. so she had to quit swimming, even though she loved it. Um, Just so. Yeah. She can freeze water. That's fine. Yeah. Cleo can manipulate water into any shape she wants. Okay. And it's, like, it was just so clearly cooler. Because, like, only you can do is, like, freeze and then heat. And I don't know. She could make shapes. She could lift, like... Right. It just felt more effective and better. Sure. I feel like if one person could control the temperature of the water, like, both make it hot and cold... Yeah. And maybe have... Maybe not, like, actual, like, hard control of the shape, but, like, some loose ability to shape it, that would be equivalently cool power. they trying to make, like, mermaid paintings or whatever. I don't actually remember why. And, like... 
It's hard because one of them has to freeze and one of them has to burn it, but Cleo's like thrown it and she like makes a perfect mermaid. It's like, well, duh, because one of you could actually control like it. Right, no, yes. <laughs> no, definitely shaping water is a much better so power than having... So whenever I wished, like when I did that wish when I was in like second grade, I was like, if we get mermaid powers, like if you're out there, which I didn't believe, to be clear. I don't want to seem like some crazy okay. guy. You were, just, you were just taking a chance. like. Yeah, like, I was like, I don't know, I'm not found it. Might as well, I'm obsessed with mermaids right now, you know, might as well. I think I was like, no, but like, I want Cleo's power. (laughs) Don't give me Emma's, even though she's the one I like, was like most similar to, I guess. When they like, can heat up the water, can they also make it not hot? Yes, they can like, make it less hot. So they can bring it up from like, room temperature water to down to, but they can't make it cold. No. But then the other one can make it cold, and then make it not cold, but not make it hot in any way. I think so. I don't remember exactly, because sure. it's been a bit since I've actually watched it, but I think, like, there's times where they could make it less hot. It just seems like they have half a power. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. I feel like they tried, I don't know, they may have tried to make it, like, a little thing. And here's the thing. When this new chick, Bella, showed up in season three, right. her power was, like, moldifying water, which is literally uh... just the same thing as freezing. So it's like, what? Oh, she can make it into, like, a gel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not... Better. Like, <laughs> like, it's not, like, hard, like, ice, but yeah, that's, a. Because, mm. like, mm. Emma would, like, freeze the water so they could do steps to get to their volcano right. bed, and then Bella would just do that in the new season. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I agree with you. You're correct that Chloe got the best powers. Yeah. Uh, Cleo. Okay. You're correct that Cleo got the best powers. Yeah. Uh, that is not the only uh, mermaid media that you have a deep passion for. I know there were a couple mermaid books you said you were deeply into. Oh, yeah. So, um, I have one of them was, like, more low-key. It was just called Mermaid Tales. Mother got it for me for Christmas one year because, like, okay. I'm really into mermaids. It was, like, cute sure. and little, but I wasn't really into it. However, there's this book called Emily Windsnap, and I was so okay. into it. There's, like, a series. Emily Windsnap? Yes. She, like, lives okay. on a... It's very similar to this film, in a sense. She lives on a boat, but her mother, like, never wants her to get water. Like, near water. And okay. one time, and so she has to learn how to swim. She lives on a boat, but she's not allowed near water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a premise. <laughs> I am interested. <laughs> but one time, like, they are all forced to, like, swim, like, mandatory learning how to swim, like, swimming lessons. Right, because they live on a boat. Well, like, just at school. And, like, Emily's, like, like freaks out, and, like, she's, like, like thinks she sees hail, and then she's, like, nah, probably not, because that's crazy. Um... <laughs> She, like, like, everyone's, like, you have, like, a panic attack. Like, I think they're, like, oh, you have, like, an asthma attack in the water or something. She's, like, yeah, okay, yeah. And she's, like, oh, my head must have just gone, like, crazy or whatever. I've just seen things. But then one time she's, like, swimming and she meets this mermaid chick. And they become besties. She takes her underwater to school. And you see how the mermaid school works. And it's pretty sick. They have mermaid school. They certainly do. And it's, like, fun. And you get to research, like, sunken ships and, like, other fun stuff. I feel like there's, like, other, like, a lot of fictional media has, like, other school, and it's always way more fun than human yeah, school. Yeah, they're, like, not only is this universe better because you're a mermaid, you also, school doesn't suck. I appreciate Xenon. Xenon is, like, school in space still sucks. Yeah. Uh, you still don't want to pay attention, you just want to focus on fun stuff. But turns out Emily's dad is in prison because he was with a human. So, like, the oh. end of the book is her trying to break him out of prison. That's, like, like he's in there from, like, Titan, like, what's... Neptune? Neptune. Neptune's prison. And she, like, breaks him out. And it's, like, 
there's this whole thing where it's like where the sun and the sky it meet be, is where the prison is. It could also be Triton. Were you saying Yeah, Triton? it's Triton, I think. Okay. Um, and it's like the prison is where the sun and the sky meet, and then she goes there, and she's like, oh, sick. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, it's crazy. Didn't they also go to where the sun and the sky meet in those Pirates of the Caribbean movies? I, I've only seen the first one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, what a great decision by you. Yeah, I applaud you. It's like kind of intentional, just like the those, first one. There's movies in those, too. There is? Yes. There's actually a love plot between a mermaid <laughs> and a person. And, like, they're, like, young. And, like, the mermaid's being mistreated by, like, some of the pirates. But this guy is, like, a nice guy. Tries to take care of her. How many Pirates of the Caribbean films have you seen? I've seen the first four. Of uh, five? Uh, right, there's a fifth one now. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, okay. But I watched the trilogy, and I watched the fourth one. I think, okay, my hot take is, like, the fourth one's better than the second or the third one. I guess that's not that hot. Like, people, yeah, don't, no, think like, people, people, people don't think any of those ones are good, but I thought the fourth one was, like, okay. Like, I would have been okay with that franchise just being, like, one-off tales of Jack Sparrow. Like, lots of discontinuity and bringing people back from the yeah, dead stuff. Yeah, it's, like, because like... Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom left in yeah. the third one. Yeah. So, all they got right now is Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I did not care for the second and third movies of the Pirates franchise, but I thought the fourth one was, like, just, like, a dumb action movie, and it was fine. Okay, but just, like... And, like, I could have done one of those every four years for whatever. Uh, not, like, not really feeling Johnny Depp right now. Yeah. But, uh, at the time. But at the time, yeah. Um, anyways, so she breaks her dad out. It's so dramatic. Um, and, like, there's a thing where, like, they go... Like, I forget the plot, but basically her, the best friend, dad, mom, are, like, on a boat, and they're, like, there's this, like island like there's this castle i forget why they're trying to go there but it's like it never gets any closer to them no matter how long they get there and i forget why they get there but it's like there's like a secret prince there or something or just like a secret boy who i don't know if he matters um and it was so dramatic okay i was really into this because i just remember these like random plot points that was like so cool so that was the book emily windsnap well they all are like emily windsnap and the blah blah blah. oh it's one of those it's a call series okay i get it Maybe check that out if you're in I'd love for the book just to be called Emily Winstap, and that's just, like, it. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, some other beloved mermaid fiction. Uh, well, there's, of course, you got very excited. I don't know what you going to say. Well, I was going to talk about Aquamarine. Ah, uh, yes. We watched that recently. We did, like, a tester pod with yeah, our new it's, format. Because like... we did test pods before with a format that was When bad. we had less of a studio set up. Yeah, we didn't have a studio set up. <laughs> we did it on my we, we were we just talking into my phone. In on in your room, yeah. Um, it was very low key, and also our format wasn't even good. We were just like talking about so was, nothing. Maybe you think this podcast is like not great. It's like comparative. No, everyone thinks this podcast is great. Yes. Yeah, so maybe you're like, oh, this, this is like casual and kind of like unedited and rough. Those were rough. This is this yeah. is art. Yeah. Five stars. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I, so we did a test spot about Aquamarine, and, and it that was, movie was delightful. Yes, it was such a surprise, because that's also one I didn't really, like, watch a lot as a kid. I, like, think I watched it, like, a few times, but, like, I never watched, because I think I watched it kind of later when I was almost at, when I was, like, out of my mermaid phase. Okay, right. Um, but I remember liking it, but, like, it was so good. So, yeah, when you told me there was, like, a young Emma Roberts and JoJo as, like, the co-leads. Of this mermaid production? Of this mermaid film i hadn't really heard of i'm like oh this is gonna be bad and then i watch and the first scene was a little rough and then somewhere partially in i'm like this is a delightful film it's, it's like, such it's such a good romp it's so feel good and like if they kept doing things where i'm like oh no this goes badly and then like no they just like avoid yes like forced trauma 
drama. That sounded like trauma. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, like, you expect the boyfriend to, like, kind of suck or be lame. But, no, he's, like, charming. Well, you expect him to, like, there's that dumb thing where, like, they fall out the third act, him and, like, the mermaid. And then it's, like, no, he's, like, yeah. The only real thing is, like, the girls fight. But, like, they just get, they come friends again, like, the next scene. So, it's almost, like, funny in, like, one there, scene. But, like, we can ignore that because it's overall, like, a great film. And it's, like, about the bomb between the girls. And it's, like, so good. Yeah, that was a delightful movie. That was a delightful movie. And it, the thing about it is it felt very genuine. As a person who has hung out yes. on the beach with a girl my age, my cousin, like a lot of times, it's like it's like I saw a lot of stuff like we would do sometimes, like yeah. reading magazines and all that stuff. The vibe was incredible. Yes, it was very like, yeah. It captured that Florida That Florida charm. summer energy, yeah. Despite not being filmed in Florida. <laughs> But we will not cancel it for that. We respect it. No, you. but it was like, it was very charming and very surprising. And like, just so good. And if we're doing a little segment here about famous mermaid media, we would be remiss not to mention uh, a film that Mary apparently has never heard of Shut and doesn't it. know what it is. But it's The Little Mermaid. I love The Little Mermaid. I love Part then of the Then why world. did, when I read you the list of things we might talk about, you said, what's The Little Mermaid? I didn't say that. You're making this up. The lies. You're lying to our listeners. <laughs> it's not. You're lying to try and make me look bad. I'm... Admit it. <laughs> no. No, you admit it. You'll stay in this room. Listen, I'm just trying to gaslight our audience. I will re-edit in every time you ever say, and Melissa has a solo podcast. Shut up. You didn't know what The Little Mermaid was. I, okay, here's the thing. I read The Little Mermaid, like, in my head. I wasn't thinking about, like, that sort of stuff. It was, more, it was like, all children's, like, live-action stuff. And I remember this book I, like, read and watched a movie of The Little Princess, so I remember nothing about it. And I thought it was, like, related to that for some reason in sure. my brain. I had, like, a brain, like, poop. I was, like, an idiot for a second, but, like, never again. That's right. I just thought it was hilarious when you are like, what's The Little Mermaid? And I'm like... <laughs> No, what? but I love The Little Mermaid. Sure. I love it so much. It's like one of the best Disney films. I love Part of Your World. I love Under the Sea. It's one of the best Disney songs. Porn Punishment Souls is one of the best Disney villain songs. It's no Under the Sea, but it's like, it's great. I love that movie. I love the plot. I love Ariel. It's so fun. I love I like it. Pretty Hard for Sebastian. I think he's... Uh, yes, comedic king. He's, he's, he's really one of the top Disney... Uh, Psychic. Psychics. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I like him and Ariel standing up where he's like kind of tired of her, but also cares about her a lot. He's like a way better dad than Triton. Triton is a way better dad. <laughs> like, looking back. Like, I see these people like, oh, wa- watching Disney films, you're like, mm, listening, you're like, no, the dad's right. It's like, yeah, she's like being kind of dumb, but she's also like 16. Calm down, Grandpa. Okay, Boomer. That's right. DCOMs do not think that, though. DCOMs yeah. are like, the child is always right. Even when the like parents like kind of right, they're like, eh. Yeah, even when, like... It's like, the the parent will be like, I think you should just, like, not do crimes. The movie will be like, but doing these crimes save the world. So who's really in the right here? Yeah. And they're right, and they should say it. Hashtag Xenon. <laughs> yeah. They're like, honey, just, like, stop but also breaking Henry. Like, and she's yeah. like, okay, but, like, what if that really, really helps save your lives? So what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Maybe Marnie shouldn't disobey her mom's orders and... Screw that! She's going, she's but she clearly should. She clearly should. She is a witch. She, she can't just not be. To quote right. from Halloween Town 2. That's right. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I love The Little Mermaid. It's 
like so good. I I should rewatch it because it's like so fun. It's not like my favorite, like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a crappy boy, but I'm like Lion King, Aladdin. <laughs> Lion King is good. I never watched Aladdin when I was a kid. So well, I like I don't know if I've ever actually like seen it all the way through. And I'll even ride more for like Beauty and the Beast. Like I think Beauty and the Beast is also kind of like a perfect film. Uh, but like Lemurie is like objectively great. Yes. And like charming. And like I said, like I mean, there's just like. Like, some parts of it are tough watch. Like, uh, Ariel's contract negotiation skills are poor. And I know that sounds like a, like a weird, like, adult take, but I had that thought as, like, a 12-year-old. I'm yeah, like, it's kind of rough. <laughs> like, why is she, like, she's agreeing to this deal. It's like she gets nothing out of it except legs. But, like, girl. Right. <laughs> but she has to give up her voice. I'm just saying she needs but to then be, she like, also a has a lawyer. timeline. And then, like, it's just, it's just a poor job by her. Yeah, it's like. She's like a child, though. It's not really her fault. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I get when I sometimes see, like, I see, like, sometimes people are like, man, I'm rewatching old Disney films, and I'm like, man, the parents are all right, and I'm like, they're never right. These are Disney films. Sure. I just say, the, like, the, when, as a literal child, when I watch... Yeah, no. I remember being like, no, why do you have a time limit? That just seems inconvenient for you. You already right. can't talk. That's already right. going to be rough. Or, like, I think they agree It's to, like a trade. They agree to the thing. Legs like... for voice. Like, that's a trade. Whatever. This time limit is some extra, like, bullcrap that, like, well, you don't need. I, was, I forget, yeah, I forget the exact way it plays out in, like, the thing in the film. It's like, it's like, okay, yeah. They're legs, but you have three days, otherwise you lose it forever. I think Ursula, like, tries to be, like, well, that's like, only Oh, but then you have to pay for it, it, so then you pay the voice, and it's like... I, but it's just like, yeah. However, that song, a bomb. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think the best Disney villain song is, of course, Be Prepared. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's, like, top tier. And, uh... Gaston goes off, but... <laughs> He's a large as a barge. He ate so many dozen eggs. Yeah. We like Disney stuff. Uh, we're doing a podcast yeah, I don't know if that's clear. Anyways, but yeah, that's my thought on various marine media I was into. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Those are thoughts. And when we're back, we will give our wrap-up. So, this has been the 13th Year Pod. Next week, we will continue our 1999, the year of the DCOM, and also, like, the Phantom Menace, which was the, had recently come out when this and movie came out. And the Millennium. And the Millennium. Oh, yes, 1999, Millennium. Okay, sure. <laughs> Actually, uh, when this movie came out, Live in La Vida Loca was the number one song. I heard that song. <laughs> I had a story I, I was going to share with that song, but I decided, you know what, I've already gone through embarrassing stories enough. I don't, I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, say, say that for, we can say that one for the future, maybe. <laughs> I'll just say it. So you know Shrek 2? Okay. They had like this game thing you could do where it's like a, an American Idol parody game. Oh, yeah, Shrek yeah, yeah. characters, and um, I forget characters. It was either like Donkey or like Shrek and Fiona did Live in La Vica Loca. Okay. Yes, I think... That's like ringing bells in my mind. Yeah. Well, I played it a lot because if you pick some of the different, if you pick different people, you get different responses, like, and how they win. Sure. And sometimes, and sometimes Simon Cowell would be like, no, I don't like who you picked, and he'd sing. <laughs> Highly unrealistic because I don't think that man has any talent. Wow. <laughs> Singing-wise. Sure. Also, another fun note, SpongeBob SquarePants had just recently premiered on TV. Oh. This just feels... I know I say this sometimes. Sometimes it's still like so long ago, and sometimes I don't. Like SpongeBob SquarePants came out in 1999. That feels wild because yeah. like, it's like a popular 
Shall yes. we? The modern youth. Yes, I I know. I know we have like young cousins who are like into SpongeBob. Yes. <laughs> I remember I had the, like the first three seasons of SpongeBob on like DVD, and I just like watched them ten times like when I was like in cars before I had a phone. Sure. <laughs> so I could just fix that problem. Yeah, but 1999 was kind of the first year of like where DCOMs really took off. Uh, so they did Xenon in January, then Can of Worms in April. Uh, the 13th year here was in May. And then Smart House, our next one, was in June. And so it's then, like every month. Yes, yeah, so they'd have another one in July, August, October, November. And like a lot of these are like classics. Sure. Yeah, we have some. So it's really where it comes into form. Right. And like they do that for a while here. There's a lot of like eight, every to, other eight month to 12 DCOMs a yeah. month. I think they only actually hit all 12 one year, but. Yes, so Smart House is available to stream on Disney Plus, and Smart House is a kind of another. Maybe it's not like as famous as Halloween Town or Xenon, but I think it's kind of in this like thirteenth year kind remembered. of remembered category of like well remembered, noted, thought of. Uh, in this house, we stand giant tsunami, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been the thirteenth year, and uh, also at this time we sometimes talk about listener emails so i just want to say jamie i hope you enjoyed our discussion of the 13th year because he was looking forward to hearing us talk about it because he called that one pretty strange movie <laughs> i also know our listener chelsea that 13th year is one of her favorite films yeah and uh i think she's gonna be happy that i loved it so much yes <laughs> and so we will we'll talk to you guys next week smart house podcast right so you can you also can write us at the d5 podcast at gmail.com with any wanna, thoughts, notes, questions, or if you just want to... D- appreciate anything anyone would send us. Hate mail included. Uh, okay, I'll give Mary all the hate mail. I'll just take the good <laughs> stuff. You can also tweet at us at the Depot Podcast on Twitter. And this has been the Depot. I've been your host, Matthew. And I've been your host, Mary. We out! We out! I've been thirsty a lot lately. Anyways.